Welcome to Escape This Podcast, the show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. Yeah, when we're not on our summer break. It's a break, we're not doing an escape room. We are doing a bonus episode uh, because we have two questions that we always ask every one of our guests when they come on the show. And those questions are, what is your escape room experience and what is your tabletop role-playing experience? Because that's the two elements that make up this show. And although we've talked about it a lot and we've done plenty of interviews and we've chatted with other people about our experience, we thought it'd be a fun sort of uh, theme for a couple of bonus episodes for us to ask ourselves, what is your escape room experience and what is your tabletop role-playing experience? So this is episode one. The episode is called, what is your escape room experience? Danny. No, you didn't give it a cool pun name or anything? Oh, we can if you'd like. No, no, it makes more sense to leave it like it is. Danny, what is your escape room experience? Not as extensive as an awful lot of people that we've had on this show. True, but also that's what a lot of people we've had on the show say. <laughs> that's a common thing, right? Not that extensive for people who are then making cool stuff and making games. For sure, for sure. It's interesting. You get the people who say, oh, I've done 500 games. It's okay, I guess. And then yeah. you have uh, an awful lot of people who say, yep, I have heaps of escape room experience. I've done at least eight rooms. Exactly. And eight I'm not... the exact number I had in my head as well. That does... I, I absolutely felt the same way. It does feel like that. When you've done yeah. that many rooms, you start to feel like, even though you know that you haven't seen everything there is to offer, but you finally get, okay, escape rooms. I, I know it. what an escape room is. I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. Now, we, we've played, I mean, look, we've played a fair few, I think. We haven't done hundreds and hundreds. In the real world, yeah, and it's hard because they cost money and we do not have an excessive amount no, we of money. Don't, and even when we do, we don't, we don't enjoy spending money. <laughs> but yeah, money is definitely an issue, right? And honestly, one of the things that's been very nice about having a popular escape room podcast is there are more and more people who reach out and say, hey, would you like to come and play one of our rooms for free? We yeah. go, yes. Or just say, would you like to come and play a room with me, players together, playing yeah, that too? Yeah, or playing that to so, spread Yeah, it, it's been a little around. bit nice because there are definitely things that for financial reasons we definitely could not be doing. Mm. But And it's been great fun to be able to do it. Uh, and they're always great rooms, which yeah. is nice. I hate knowing how many are out there that I'm just missing out on because mm. of stupid reasons like that. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it, it's, never, it's never fun to have to... Like, it's nice to have that disposable income to be able to do as many as you can. Mm. But it is definitely an expensive hobby, so I get why some people haven't done that many. How it, many real-world rooms would you say that we've done? How many have we done? Now, I know some people keep spreadsheets and, and all that sort of stuff. We don't. Yeah, it's been like five years since we started doing escape rooms, roughly. Yeah. But yeah, we have no full records of how many we've no, done. No, I mean, we've done a lot around Sydney. I mean, by no means the most, like most of Sydney, because the new ones keep popping up. But even if you just think of like, I reckon we've done a couple dozen. A couple of dozen just in yeah. Sydney? I think you're overshooting it to the point where I'm going to take a quick uh, break. Like, do not include this in the show. I'm going to start counting them out. So I reckon by our count, we've done a quick count, we've probably done, I think we've missed some that we haven't thought of in that count. So I reckon we've done mm. around 20 in Sydney. Hmm, all right. I'm going to say we've done 20 in we, Sydney. Yeah, we counted 17. We're giving ourselves a little done, bit of a I think we've done more than that. And then how many, and we did, a, we did a few in... We have done one in the UK. We've done one in the UK. We've done a couple in Canada. We probably did yeah, uh, uh, one, two, one, two three, three, or four, four, maybe four in Canada. Five. Five in Canada. Five in Canada, I think. And then in, we did a bunch, in, we did, a, oh, there weren't many we did in New York. Most just of them one, were, didn't Just we? one, I think, yeah. as an actual escape room. Because we'd gone right after a lot of them had had to close down because of fire regulations. Yeah, absolutely. So we weren't having the best of luck then. Yeah, no, we did do a good in LA, we handful did a good in, LA. in LA. Still not insane. I reckon no. only, like... Definitely. Only between five and ten, and I'm being... You think only between five and ten? We did like four in a single day. We're now taking a break to count rooms. Okay, I'm, I'm at ten right now. Okay. So, so we, did okay. At least, we did at least ten in, yeah. in LA, and I don't know if we've done them anywhere else. No, so what? We're only pushing like in the thirties yeah, so of real-world rooms. Amount, to be fair. That's not much at all. Oh, no, we've got... We've done one in Melbourne. We've done, done one in Melbourne. <laughs> only one? I think only one. Wow. So, yeah, not crazy True. at all by these now, counts. To be fair, physical rooms, given that the last two years have been completely off the table for doing rooms. Sure. But based on our finances, they would have been largely off the table anyway. No, we would have had yes. tables. We could have made people pay for those rooms. <laughs> yeah, so again, right, you've designed 
farm, like it's three times as many rooms as you've played. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not sure if I've hit 100 yet. No. But, but it's been close to. Yeah, it's getting there. Do you reckon we'll hit that this year? Got to take another break for some more calculations? Well, look, if we haven't hit 100 already, we'll hit it this year. I'm sure. I don't know. I'll make you. If you go to our website, we're going to no, do a count. Don't make me count. All right, we count. This whole episode is called Counting with Bill and Danny. Mm-hmm. All right, first season. Four, I had 14, right? All right, let's just keep count. Yep. The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen 11, 12, 13, 14 yep. from you. Then another 10, 10 from my Cyrus. Okay, so, so we're 24. 24. Then on the next one, we have 34. Okay. So 34, another 10 on that one. Descent of the Colors brings us to 44. Okay. And then the next one. 51. All right. We're 51 now. Cromley gets us to 61. Cool. Then we've got an, a guest written season, mm-hmm. but with a Christmas one, so it's 62. 62. 10 more while well, I was found, 72. 72. And then, and then I've just done the guest, Christmas room. Oh my gosh. So it's 73. Funny guest seasons, really? Yeah. Good. 73. So, All like right. I said, I'm not so sure. And even if I do like 20 episodes this year, that still won't hit it. All right. So, we may not hit 100 this yeah, year. Maybe a 2023 thing. Maybe. Though you have also done a couple. That were never made as episodes. Or oh, aren't sure. In this list Private as well. commissioned or externally We've got done two more for like live that. shows that aren't on this list. Oh, okay. Realized. All right. 74. And then, yeah, a couple of commissioned mm. ones. So we're above 75. All right. So there's a stretch chance that we'll hit it this year. But really, most likely a 2023 thing will hit me having written 100 rooms. Interesting. Hmm. So yeah, the numbers are still pretty small, all things considered, for mm. compared a to the five-year endeavor. Real enthusiasts yeah. who, who play a lot, but uh, it still feels very experienced. No one would say we're unexperienced with escape rooms, or even inexperienced. <laughs> we've just recently been. Uh, we were just talking. We've, we've found a couple more that we remembered uh, yeah, okay. across Australia that we've done. So we've done. I'm going to been into more cities than I remember. I'm going to call it. We've done somewhere above Still thirty, between closer 30 to and forty. 40. Mm. We're getting closer to forty now. That's another like five rooms we sure. just added in our heads. <laughs> this is hard when you don't keep track. Yeah, man, we should have a spreadsheet. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think is an ideal number of escape rooms in a day for us? How many can your brain handle? Oh, an ideal number in yeah. one day. I mean, ideal is Assuming true. normal uh, one-hour rooms. Well, one-hour rooms. The ideal is you do two, mm. right? You do one to warm up, one to cool down, and nothing else. We can yeah. do three. Uh, any more than three is, is way Depending on the quality of the rooms, two is an absolute maximum because we have done somewhere we've done a few in a day. And if the later rooms were not as good quality, it just saps your energy mm. and you just feel like you've been doing it for way too long. True. Although I will say, we haven't done many bad quality rooms. No, you're very, absolutely very few. right. I can only really think off the top of my head of like three rooms we've ever done where I'm like, oh, it's not a good room. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't happen so often. We've been pretty lucky in that regard. And I wouldn't say we came into the hobby late, but later than uh, enough people that we were able to get lots of good recommendations. Mm, that's true. Yeah, we had enough. We did. We weren't going in blind. We've very mm. rarely gone in blind to rooms. Yeah. Mostly we've gone on people that we know recommending it or just us knowing the people who made it or things like like having some kind of, oh, I've heard of it. Danny remembered more rooms that we've done My in Sydney. Oh, God, I'm so bad at it. We're this. definitely over 40 now. Ugh. By the end of this episode, we'll have, been a, <laughs> we'll have done 100 rooms. We'll just remember 100 rooms that we've done. Uh, but yeah, so quality-wise, we've been we've done very well, and I think that's also a, a reflection or reflected in the fact that we often mention this to people because we're cool braggarts that <laughs> we've never lost a room. We have never once run out of time doing a room in a real room in yes. a real physical room. I will, and I think part of I that will is, grant you there is one particular room that I'm remembering where there was so much going on. I don't even know if there was a timer. <laughs> it was just too much. So we got through the whole thing. I don't know how long it took us. I don't know if anyone was keeping track uh, on our end or the GM's end. I'm I don't know what sure was going on there. Were. But yeah, we've never run out of time in a room. Um, but I do, I do think that's, an, that's a reflection of the quality of the rooms. Like good rooms will get well, you out. Yeah. You know, because Absolutely. I mean, and not not always. It's, it, look, I'm sure there are plenty of fantastic rooms that people don't leave because some people are not the right team for a particular room or it's their first time and they've chosen one that's a bit too difficult we or they've got to be bad communication a pretty with... good combo is this because we do talk a lot to yes. each other I and to the this, GMs. I think this um, podcast has made us a better... For sure. Uh, better communicators yeah. in rooms. But we also, sometimes we think in the same way and that works for team synergy, but sometimes we have 
we just see things in different ways, which is also absolutely what you want for an escape room. You want people who can look at the same thing and see it in different ways. And one of them will be the right way. Mm. And yeah, I, I feel like we are pretty lucky in the way that our brains work. Sometimes the same, sometimes completely differently. Yeah, that's To make true. that work. Again, I've said this to, to people before. I don't know what I would do if I did a room and didn't get out. I don't know what the process is. It seems like it's a different thing for every place. Some of them just keep the clock going for a bit because they factor that in to the time between sessions. So they do let you go for a little bit longer. Sometimes they will just come in and walk you through the rest of it, I guess, if there's still half an hour to go by the time uh, you are supposed to have finished. And some of them, which I feel like it must be an outdated practice now, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's still very much a thing where they actually do just shut the room down and say, oh, sorry, you'll have to try again. Mm. And if that happened, to me, I don't know what I'd do. It, I, you don't go back. Yeah, I'm not going to go back and finish it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Luckily, we haven't been put in that situation because it is a tough one to imagine mm. how you would react. And look, on busy, busy, in busy holiday areas, I'm sure they do need to kick people out. Right? Yeah. I'm sure they need to just be like, "That's your time. You're gone. We've got another booking coming in." You know, and you can't blame them for it, right? That's how you. Uh, that's how you run a business. You can't just keep people there indefinitely because then you, you can't make mm. enough money to keep your, your business running, right? This is like, also the reason why pretty much the only online rooms we've done throughout this entire pandemic have been ones where you can just purchase a, a ticket to enter it and you can do it on your own time. Never ones where it's a specific session time mm. thing because I am too nervous, especially for some reason when it comes to online things, I feel like people are pushing their turnover rates a little bit more because you don't have to clean up between sessions or anything. Yeah, they and need so to allocate time to reset. I am very nervous that they would need to kick us out right mm. at the very end. And based on how we do things on this show, we screw around a lot. We don't have set time limits. Yes. We used to keep track of time oh, yeah, back in that. season one, but no, we just don't care anymore. We're not going to stop anyone getting to the end. Can I tell you the secret reason? The secret I've never revealed to anybody is to be one of the biggest reasons that I've um, I I stopped keeping time. really hard. It's hard. Oh, it was definitely tough. I mean, we could have had a bloody time. Like, if we want to make it easy. We just have a timer on the day. Like, I'd start a stop. Well, the problem is you're editing certain things out, so it stops making sense. That's also why I don't do the timer. Mm. Because I want the time to be their real time, but I also want to edit the show down to make it smooth mm. and streamlined. And when you have an episode, and if they, and sometimes, right, that isn't a reflection of the people's skill. It's a reflection of us, you know, taking 20 minutes in the middle of an episode, just talk about something Absolutely. unrelated. And then that whole conversation gets cut because, you know, no one wants to hear about a, a private conversation that we're having unrelated to the room. So I, I'll cut it. But then you end up, you ended up with these episodes where, you know, you'd be like, final episode time, 58 minutes. Room time. Like, and then, oh, what was your time for the room? One hour and 37 minutes. <laughs> and people would be sitting there going, well, where's that half hour of content that I've missed? And I couldn't explain to an audience every time like no no look it's boring stuff that was uh, irrelevant and and you know we took a break for a second or they were doing this or we started talking about we went on a tangent or we made the funny joke and that reminded us of a story and they, or they accidentally misheard something that you said and so they yeah. started trying to solve a puzzle using the wrong information and we and we didn't notice and then 10 minutes in we had to yeah. stop them and go wait Obviously, a minute hold on in a real escape room your time would still and, be ticking down yeah, yeah so go back and tell me did what did you write that down as no no sorry she didn't say red she said dead it was a dead squirrel oh okay it's not <laughs> It's not a red screen. That, that makes sense. Okay, so start again. But, you know, that all gets cut because that's bad audio. Mm. But it was adding to their time. And I didn't like that being so obvious, I suppose. Because mm, it comes up with these ideas like, oh, I want the unedited version. Like, no, you don't. That's, <laughs> that's nonsense. And there's yeah. reasons those things got edited out. So yeah, I have noticed that typically when we do a one-hour escape room, if it is a good solid room, somewhere 40 to 45 minutes is often where we'll get out. Oh yeah, my head I was going to say 35 as the Ooh. as the lower. I mean that can that. That, I mean it maybe on the yeah. Room, yeah. Just in general. And as soon as it hits 10 minutes to go in a room, if we have hit that point, that's when I start getting concerned like, "Oh, are we actually just not going to make it out of this one?" And that tends to only happen in the ones where we've had some sort of issues with the room. Where the rooms have been at fault of things not working yeah. or logic just really not making any sense. Mm. Also, mm. sidetrack, I believe I've just come up with a bunch more rooms that we've done. What? So I think I've added another five rooms yeah, to our Yeah, all right, fine, 40 it is. We've done over 40. <laughs> over 40 rooms. You said we'd done 30. We've done at least 100. Whatever. Isn't it amazing? In the space of half an hour or so, however long we've been talking, you can do 10 escape rooms. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs>
So yeah, time-wise, yeah. I mean, like, and I think the ideal time that you want to finish a room in is like fifty minutes. Fifty minutes. Fifty I minutes think is, is the perfect good. time to you finish a room. You feel comfortable. You feel good. You don't feel like you were doing it just by the skin of your teeth. And you feel accomplished. You feel like I could have taken more time. But you also feel like you got your money's worth. Exactly. There's nothing. It is. It, it can be disappointing when you get like a one-hour room. You pay for the hour, and then it's so easy that you finish it in thirty minutes. Yeah. And you think, ah, oh, should have paid for a half-hour room. <laughs> this seems. This seems weird. And that's unavoidable, right? That's that's such a hard thing to 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 manage. But ideally, you want it to be a little bit longer. Mm. You know, it's never fun getting out that early. And that's also why, like, we've talked about this before. I don't like trying to get out of rooms quickly. No, not at all. I don't all. like trying to set a record. I don't like trying to to rush through and solve the puzzles and get, and be, like, high energy the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think part of what makes the rooms enjoyable is, like, escape rooms are really nice to be in, right, often. They, they are... The sets are, even when the sets aren't like elaborate, when it's literally just you're in a room, it's fun to be mm. in this situation, in this world. And I really like taking time to stop and appreciate that and look around and go, oh, look at this, what's Absolutely. this, what's that? And this can be why we often play with just each other. We've got a few separate mm. groups that we play escape room with. I'm always very nervous about trying to do a room with a new group because we just don't, don't know, know how, how they, they play. play right? They might be super intense and be like, Let's go. Let's get it done. Let's get these puzzles done. Let everyone spread out. Everyone said, no, no, you want to stop and look at the the cool stuff on the wall. Or, hey, everyone come and look at this picture. Isn't this fun? Sorry, we've solved three puzzles while you were asking yeah, us over there. Exactly. And you think, ah, oh, that's not, I mean, for them, that's fun and that's great. And we haven't really had much of an issue with oh, that. Oh, no, not at all. But I'm it's just something concerned that you're worried because about, I, right? Because you see you know, these you teams. Hear, are, you hear about people who have yeah. these mix of beginners and experts and you just go, different play styles are can be very clashing and make it unenjoyable mm. for everyone. And I want to say, for the that. most part, all the people we have played with are also very appreciative of taking the time to appreciate and look at this and, mm. and have some fun. And, and we haven't really played with people who uh, rush us through the room sort of No. But um, yeah, it's just always a thing in the back of my mind. But I, I, I like it. And I especially love, like, I think that was one of the things that was really cool about LA as a place to do escape rooms. Because I don't think the, the quality of the escape room design was really any better in LA than it was in anywhere else in the world, right? There, there are great designed rooms everywhere. That's mm. just up to the individual designers. Yeah. But what LA had was obviously <laughs> you've got a lot of people in LA who know how to do set building and set dressing and, and things like that. And so the, the, even if those aren't the people who do them at all the escape rooms, the general sort of standard is set quite high. Oh, for yeah. that. So people who need to learn that, those skills learn them up to that level. So in LA, every room just looks beautiful. Absolutely. Even the ones that are considered the all right chain sort of escape rooms and not mm. the top ranked ones in the world, they are amazing to look at and walk around in. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that was something that was so much fun to do in LA. Like I remember us very specifically being in a in a submarine themed room mm-hmm. and taking time to stop and be like, stop, 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 stop. We don't need to solve any puzzles for a while. Do you want to just walk around a submarine for a while? And do you remember what made us lovely. do you remember what made us do that room? No. We were in the lobby of that place doing a separate room and, and we, saw we saw another saw team. Uh, we saw another team going into this one. We saw the big submarine door. We yeah, saw it open and we went wheeled open and Oh, that looks good. And we thought that's a real submarine door. That's and amazing. So we came Let's back. And it was great. You know, and all the rooms in LA, and look, rooms everywhere, right? But especially in LA, that was something they were so good at, mm. was this was this uh, r- feeling like you're in a movie set, feeling like you're in a, in a, in a real place, feeling like you're in a, and like they really got, got into it with For those. For sure. Um, like we did another room there that was set in like 1800s France. Oh, sure. Which yep. was, again, fantastic. Beautiful. Right? The design of the room was fine. It was a fine room. As far as escape right? rooms and puzzle we, rooms go, yeah. We, we shot ourselves in the foot with that room because we brought too many people. Yes. Um, it, you know, it was one of those, oh, you could play with up to X players. You're like, no, you shouldn't play with more than three. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that would have been a perfect two-player room, right? Yeah. Because it was a bit, it was linear, I suppose. or So it often felt uh, like as a crowd. We definitely got bottlenecked. And they used their space in, in a really interesting way, but with by making lots for that of small many rooms as opposed yeah. to one large room. So we, we just had too many people. Yep. And I think if we'd done that with two or three, it would have been one of the highlights of the trip. Of the, you of may the, well be right. Of the whole trip. Because um, it was beautiful and I loved it and, and I knew the source material and it was really interesting to mm-hmm. sort of to play in that world. And, uh, and I always really liked that in escape rooms. And so rushing through an escape room has never been something I want to do. Uh, and I'm getting a similar feeling now from playing... Um, we have an Oculus Rift mm. now. So being able to oh, kind of play VR games. You're absolutely right. And that moment of when you put the headset on and then you stop and be like, I don't want to play the game yet. No, 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 I don't want to play the game yet. I just want to go, whoa, look at that. 
Look at that thing in the distance. Look at this thing near me. Oh, wait a minute. I'm turning around. There's something behind me. Look at this. And just being it's in like the space. It's like playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Yes, it's the same feeling. And and I've always really enjoyed that in escape rooms. And even <laughs> ones where the where the set dressing is quite low budget, right? Those That's ones okay. where you're basically just a If decorated... an escape room has been made with love, it doesn't need tell. money. Right? And and you have these moments like, oh, look at I this. Mean, I'm in the it place. It needs money. I get that. It does need money. But... Uh, yeah, but you, yeah, we've yeah. done some rooms that were very, you know, sort of like just evoking a feeling of a place. But even then, rather than like being a photorealistic representation mm. of it, but even then, like you get it, and you're like, I got the feeling and I like it. I'm excited about this. Um, Absolutely. And maybe this comes from, maybe we can pay attention to that sort of thing and the different levels of it through being an amateur theatre, which has wildly different budgets depending on who you're working with. <laughs> I've been involved in some that have... I can only assume a $10 budget. Yes. And I was backstage on one that had a $250,000 budget. Mm. And honestly, I don't really remember the differences in how they ended up coming across. The $250,000 one doesn't feel better mm. in the end. It's just how you work with it and how much feeling you put behind all of your choices. True. There are some really impressive things you can do either with money or without. And I understand so many owners and designers must just feel, well, yeah, but if I had an extra $10,000, just imagine what I could do. And I'm sure. Sure. I'm sure there's also but a lot of them. But that's because of your brain, not because of the money. But I'm also sure a lot of them are saying, are thinking, are listening to this right now and saying, yes, yes, but what looks low budget to you still cost $55,000 to build. possible. You know? But uh, I mean, I do know from talking to owners that a decent amount of the stuff that we've loved the most has been just an op shop find. That's true. Do you know how much op shops charge? Op shops <laughs> are like weddings, right? Where as soon as they know oh, you're getting okay. married, they add a surcharge. If an op shop as soon sees as you, you come say in, escape room, and they say you're a, you say you're an escape room designer, they go, "Oh, that no, that's there's two zeros missing that's from that price That's actually from the fourteen hundreds. Does that say twenty? That says twenty hundred dollars. Sorry. <laughs> so I've always liked that. I like the theming. Now, one of the things that's interesting that you've mentioned offhandedly before, Ooh. not today, but before, mm, yeah. Is that when it comes to as much as you're a story writer? I was when it comes to thinking of rooms, going into this next as well. You don't care that much about story. You care about look puzzles. I won't say I don't care about story. I love stories, but the reason I am into escape rooms as a hobby is for the puzzles. Otherwise, I'd just be going to the movies. Fair and like immersive theater. While I can appreciate it, I don't get as much out of immersive theater mm. as I do escape rooms at all. Uh, it puts me a little bit on edge a lot of the time, actually. True. Though I will also say. What I was going to mention was, where does, like, atmosphere rank? Because we were basically just talking about atmosphere, right? Not that story, not about the puzzles, but that feeling of being in the space and the feeling of being in that room. Like, to me, that's more important than story often. Yes. But I would also say that most of the immersive theatre we've done hasn't really had a story. They've just mm. had atmosphere. Yeah. And if, if they had a story, it's vague enough and it's really just there to support the atmosphere of being in that place and being in that space. Very, like, how many, and this is this is going out to people listening as well, how many immersive theatre things have you done where there is, like, a twist and a very, like, high uh, kind of, w like, well-written dialogue, story, character arc where you see people changing and then the story comes and you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? Mm. I've never found myself in an immersive theatre thinking, oh, oh, my God, what just happened? Really? Oh, and she did that? Oh, that, yeah, it doesn't no, feel narrative focused. It feels atmospherically focused. Do you care? Like, if you had a room, because by the same token, if you just want puzzles, you can do a book of puzzles. Right? There is me, more to escape room than, than give puzzles. Give me a second but I, to I think how about how to articulate this answer. I almost want to say, and I don't know how true this is, that to me, atmosphere... What I tend to get out of that is, I, I uh, what I tend to get out of that is more when I pay attention to the atmosphere and the atmosphere feels good. That makes me feel like I'm going, oh, the person who designed this did this with love. Like there are certain rooms where I just go, the atmospheric feel of it, it feels like it is coming from the person who made it. And from other things, I don't necessarily get that. And I think I find that a lot harder with immersive theatre things, I don't get a feel for the human behind it. I don't know why that would be. But so that mm. tends to that tends to happen for some reason when I'm paying attention to atmosphere, I'm thinking about the people and I'm feeling so happy for them for having done this thing, as opposed to it necessarily giving me 
immersion. I think it almost de-immerses me, but in a happy way. Oh, funny. Which is interesting. Maybe that's also like how I deal with scary things sometimes, because I'm not good with horror, but being appreciative of the effort behind something makes it easier to deal with horror. That's fair. That's fair. Being able to picture the people putting it all together. Yeah, it makes a big difference mm. to me thinking about it like that. And so when it comes to the importance of story in a room, one thing that people talk about this sort of thing all of the time, but in very different ways and with very different focuses, to me, the story, I don't care about it that much on its own, but it should exist in order to make better puzzles. Mm. Like puzzles can come out of story elements. And they're better when they relate to exactly. story elements. But the idea of having a story going on and having puzzles in a room, they can't possibly be separate things. Occasionally you can, but an entire room, most of the puzzles that you are doing ideally should relate to the story that's going on. A lot of rooms I feel do that in the most basic way, like the final answer to a combination lock is the character's wife's name Mm. and things like that. And that's how they do that. And I get that. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's absolutely fine. It's the easiest way of doing it, but that's the sort of thing I mean. I would like a little bit more of that. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Cause for me, like I love, I really, really love theming. I love atmosphere and theming in, in stuff. Like I will always say one of my favorite things about when we go to like theme parks. Oh, is one the of theme. my favorite. Well, one of my big things, I often prefer the waiting in line <laughs> for particular rides more than I do the ride itself. Right, because when they put so much effort into like, here's the ride, like here's the line, and oh, this is going, you now you're in, like, like the Harry Potter ride at, at uh, Universal Studios, well. the, the 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 line is as enjoyable as the ride, right? The ride is fast paced and big and fancy. The line is just walking through Hogwarts, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not quite. I once did that at Warner Brothers Movie oh, World yeah. in in Australia. There's a lot. There's a ride I didn't want to do because I'm not a huge roller coaster guy, but it was the Batman Arkham ride, mm. and I just did the that line, nice and then line. I just left. I was like, <laughs> no, I've done. I've done. I've lined up. I don't want to get on the roller coaster. That looks scary because that's the old Lethal Weapon roller coaster. Yeah, I don't trust that's it. That's terrifying. But but yeah, the Batman part, I love it. I'll just walk through the line. I'm not quite on the same level of balancing them out as you. I, I like. I, I mean, look, I'm I like the ride. But I do like the ride. I, but again, I like the rides better when what is happening in the ride is because of the theme that is going on. Like, like when doing something, the Gremlins ride. When something is, absolutely, when something is in a ride, you're on a coaster and then you stop because someone has crashed something in front of you. Oh, you yeah. have to go backwards now. That's the only yeah, those way. Those are the best ah. types of rides. Like the Jurassic Park ones where it's like, then this, now we're dodging <laughs> yeah. out of the way, now we're falling into this. Like get, putting, putting mm. that. that uh, did you ever go on the Bermuda Triangle ride I when it was open? The Bermuda Triangle. Atmospheric AF, Wild Wild West. dude. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. I feel like that one doesn't do it quite as much. No, it it's tries. largely just it tries. stay on the rail. I mean, yeah, anything that has you fall backwards on a ride yeah. tries to do it. And yeah, I love it. But think of the Scooby Doo ride. Scooby Doo coaster. Ah, I love yeah. it so much. But like, yeah, I always really and I really appreciate that theming. And uh, and it's interesting because right. you can oh, do puzzles. Four oh, uh, D roller coasters all do this, yeah, yeah. and they terrify me honestly. But I will always go on them because that is. All they do, Mm. they put you in a situation where what is happening in the ride is entirely based on the story that is going on on the screen in front of you. And that is absolutely as it should be. Mm. Um, I really miss theme parks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so look, I I agree. And I think, but I think part of that is like, I like theming because in in an escape room and I don't really worry about narrative because narrative almost feels like it fills in gaps in the experience that like you're missing, right? Like, like if you have a spy movie, right? Mm-hmm. A movie about spies. Mm-hmm. What you want to see is the, is the audience is like, Oh, it's going so right for them. Oh no. What's going to go wrong. Oh, here's the twist. And here's what's happened. And now they have to deal with that. And that. But if you're playing a spy based escape room, often you just want to do it. You just want to succeed. You just want to be like, how are you going to defuse the bomb? You just want to defuse it and, and do it. And yeah. you did Half, it. Imagine halfway through like, the escape room. If you got tied up, yeah, right? It's like, you don't want to have those moments of, of setbacks for drama. You just want to do the thing mm. and succeed. So often, with, like, I don't want there to be a twist in an escape room because mm. often I just want to be like, no, no, you told me to go and uncover this thing in a tomb. I just want to find it and feel good about myself. I don't it, need you to be like, you know what oh, it, it is? got stolen and now it's this. And now, you, know you know what you it is? Do it. It's because movies, when that final crunch moment happens, it either puts you on, it either puts the characters on a super time limit 
or a super you have one chance or you die. And mm. maybe some people like that sort of thing in an escape room. I do not. I do not like to feel like I have been extra rushed at the end by an invisible time limit that may or may not be real. Oh, there's I, nothing worse than oh. thinking, oh, I've got 20 minutes to finish this room, and then you trigger something that gives you now 60 seconds to finish but the room. But even when it's fake, like, do you remember you played Mass Effect, and the first time you played oh, Mass yes. Effect, you accidentally finished the game yeah. because the game kept pushing you forward and saying, this is urgent, you have to do this right now. Yep. And you didn't. And I, and, and I didn't have to. I should have just run around being a fool. That concerns me a lot more. And a lot of escape rooms, when they lean into the story, they put something like that at the end. And I never know how much I should care, how much I should trust that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I know, like, story is fun. And, and obviously, like... But even then, like you, we people talk about your writing when you design an escape room being quite story heavy. Mm. Do you feel like it's story heavy, or do you think it's character heavy? I interesting. Or do you think that's a pointless distinction that I've made and just invented right now? No, it's definitely not pointless. I think that character comes later for me, though, and I definitely think one of the first things I always design is what the one sentence plot of a room is. And I do think that I am using puzzles. Like I said that you can use story to help make the puzzles better. I'm just telling stories through puzzles. And I also don't feel like I, very few escape rooms are doing quite that either. And honestly, maybe some of them are and maybe they're exactly what I want. But the idea of when, when people say that in their advertising, that they're more story, less puzzle to me, that makes me worry that they're more on the immersive theatre side, which is a totally different experience mm. to me, and that's not what I want when I want to go out and do an escape mm. room. So maybe I'm avoiding the things that I really want. But it, it's very difficult to describe because clearly what I'm doing is escape rooms and not other thing, even though sometimes the puzzle is to get a conversation right. But it's still, a pu it's still puzzles. I feel very much like I'm doing point and clicks. Mm. And a point-and-click adventure is always a story. Always a story, yeah. But the puzzles are the mechanism for getting that story done. Yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah, I, I feel like what I do is very Monkey Island. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> One of the story things I think works so much better in an escape room context compared to a movie context, one that you don't see as much in a movie, mm -hmm. is I think it's more fun in an escape room to have the sort of twists come from you did something wrong that, or something you shouldn't have done earlier. Like in <laughs> movies, it's often like, and they did everything they could, but then things went wrong because of this outside mm. force and now they have to deal with that. Whereas that's not as much fun in escape rooms because you have been achieving a thing. You don't want some outside force to come and take it away from you. You're like, well, what do you know? What are you talking about? I solved the puzzle. You can't now tell me I didn't solve the puzzle. But when you can trick someone, basically force someone into solving a puzzle in a particular way, and then I'll go like, oh no, did you <laughs> solve the puzzle in that particular way? <laughs> Oh, what? What? You you put all the red blocks together? That means that this is that. You're like, oh, why did I do that? And obviously you did it because you had to do it to move forward. Like, you didn't, you know, you put the frog thing in. You didn't notice that frog was the prince the but, whole time. On like, the other hand, if they managed to make you do it while feeling like it was entirely your idea. Oh. E even better, right? And we have the capacity to do that more in, in ours because yeah. you can sort of, like change the way things are seated Absolutely. into the conversation and really like, play with it. Spoilers for our Christmas room, just because it's the most recent example of that. Did you at any point when you were escaping from the house feel like you weren't supposed to escape from the house? No, not at all. I was like, that's it. That's my goal. I got to do it. And then when you <laughs> escape, you're like, oh no. And, and our guests had the same thing, right? Yep. It was just like, what have we done? We're terrible. We have to go fix this. It's great, right? That's a perfect example of it. It's this fantastic moment of... Of course you did it. You, you're always going to do it that way. But when, it, when the twist happens, you don't feel like something was taken away from you. You have that fun little bit of like, oh, I'm such a dummy. Why did I do that? And you know it wasn't your fault. <laughs> but it feels fun. It feels more earnest and earned. And, and I like yeah. it. It feels good in that setting. I have another question on a separate note about story things in a room. Mm. How many escape rooms have we done that have had more than one... NPC, and I don't mean actor in the room with us because we haven't done any of those no. ones, but characters who exist. Yeah, two characters, not just either the villain or the person who's giving you instructions. Usually, it's the person giving you instructions. Usually, it's the person because that's also the hint mechanism. Sometimes it's how the diary often do we found. have both? Very rarely. More than one person. I can't. I, I on top of my head, I maybe one of the first ones we did with the evil 
Doctor. I think maybe he was the only character, yeah. Because this is a thing that I wonder, because again, when I write stories, you always say this, I'm all about that dialogue. Yes. I don't. I don't overdo the dialogue like a lot of people do. I keep it very small, but I try to get across a lot in what dialogue I have. Mm. And that's why I enjoy writing scripts and things as well. And I wonder how much of that would elevate a room, because I really am struggling to think of too many times where we've seen that. No, there's a couple. Um, although again, not a real room when we did a, a digitized version of someone's real room with, they turned into an online version that had a little bit of back and forth with. Absolutely. And that and wasn't and that, that all story. It was great, right. And, and, and they're very good at that, especially with their digital rooms. Yeah. Of, and of, well, granted, this is an escape room, uh, location that does put very special effort into their GMs as well. And just yes. their overall character of things. They really focus on that. Mm, they hire While not very, taking away from the puzzles. They are still all puzzle, baby. Yeah, and they hire very good voice actors mm. to do dialogue in, in some of their rooms. <laughs> I don't know who, don't know who that would have been. Um, but yeah, like so I think that is a good part of it. Maybe that's the biggest thing that makes yours just... feel so storyish, is just that there are mo- it feels like you're part of a of a world with characters in it, mm. rather than it's just here's a dead world with you and your one guide. It's oh you're stepping into this is a real situation, it's a live place with people yeah, in it. Yeah, I wonder. And I like that. And then did you add, it makes it feel like you're really there, like it's like stuff is happening. Um and I think that puts you more in character. Right, as opposed to just people Which playing a I don't, game. I don't typically get to in character in no, escape no, rooms, not even but in, like in character, but like you get invested in character. You're like you feel like I want to do this you to are help actually out those people. Acknowledging what's happening and paying attention, which is great if the puzzles are also related to the oh, story yeah, as they course. should be. Caveat: rooms also have to be good. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a thing of like often it's I don't need to think about character because I am doing the puzzles so that I can win this escape room. But I think as soon as it's Mary and Douglas talking to each other, you're like, oh, i got to solve these puzzles so Mary can get Absolutely. back at Douglas. But if we just had Mary, then it often devolves no. into we solve a puzzle and Mary says, oh, well done, you solved that puzzle. Now, can you get into that room, please? Yeah, exactly, right? You don't care about Mary. But when Mary... Yeah, it's a try. It's an attempt. You don't care about Mary. You don't care about Douglas, but you care about Mary Boy, and Douglas. Boy, do we care about Mary and Douglas. Mary and Douglas, that's... Oh, that's interesting. That's something you're invested in. That's... Mm. And it just kind of seeds into that human, like, gossip centre or drama <laughs> set. You know, you're just like, oh, it there's might people, be right. what's going on. It's a very so- it becomes social mm. and humans are built to be social. And, uh, I th- and I think that kind of, that level of story, that level of character works really well. Mm. I wonder how much difference that makes. I'm and again, keep a really one good of the greatest, one of our favourite, in fact, you know, I am going to name the room. Ooh. I think doing um, Stash House, Tommy Honton's room. Oh, he's got a very good right. feel for that, right? That's straight away you're in the middle of some some other kind of drama, mm-hmm. right? And and the same for, well, sort of. I mean, the same for the one he ran for us. Like you, there was only sort of one person, but then there was messages from the other people that you'd seen before, and this kind of like there was a dynamic between oh, the people who were trapping are, us and the other people who had been previously trapped. There's character out the wazoo and, for those right? ones. I think Tommy has a very good sense of that and why it's so engaging. I think that's part of why Stash House is immediately mm. engaging because you you have this. Or this pre-existing kind of there conflict between ca- there other There are multiple characters. characters going on in that one. Yeah, exactly, right? You have these pre-existing conflicts yeah. that you are part of and you feel invested straight away. And I think it, it does it really well. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it feels like this should be an easy in, especially when it comes to designing a room for an ending, to the point where I would hope people would move beyond it a little bit again because it feels like an easy answer to have two characters who are both trying to use you as their pawn and then you make a choice at the end. Mm. Done. Nice. Easy. Yeah. I, no, 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 that's a common thing in video games. Video games have gotten yeah. good at that, right? Being like, you know, you have this person talking to you, you have this person talking to you, and at the end you choose which of those two voices talking to you mm-hmm. is the good voice. And they are both flawed and they are both good. So you are making a, a decision that where there is no clear right and wrong. Yeah. Now, Classic again, kind of video game dilemma. How do you feel about final choice in escape rooms? Because there are a few that we have done where it ends on one decision to I, make. Honestly, I'm not actually a huge fan of final choice. As long, unless the final choice is like, not in, I don't want to say inconsequential. To, I want to say tangential. I almost. want it to be something that you want rather than something moral. Yes. Almost everyone fair. that we have is a moral decision. Yes. Where um, it's either, do you want to do the right thing or do you want to see what happens if you decide to be evil? Yeah, true. And yeah, I want ones that are just more about cho- choosing 
something that's going to make you happy. Yeah. And I haven't seen that quite as much. No, because you want it to... Moral dilemmas are like the classic. And, and, and you're right, it doesn't feel... Because generally you want to do the nice thing. And if you don't, you want to do the... It's, yeah, you're right. It's often a choice to be nice or interesting. Mm. And you kind of want it, and you don't really want to do the bad thing, but you also don't want to do the boring thing. We typically um, always do the nice thing. And you don't, don't I? yeah, of course, we're nice yeah. people. Um, and any decision someone makes in a game is reflective of their real personality. Of course. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> if, you've ever, if you've ever run someone over in GTA, you're a murderer. That's you. You're a real murderer in real life. Um, but yeah, it is sometimes a bother as well, like, because you want to succeed, and sometimes the choice feels like it's taking your success away from you. It's like, you've done it. But have you stopped? We're going to make a decision where we... And you're like, no, no, I just wanted to celebrate. Like, mm. I just wanted to be able to achieve my goal and feel good about it. You don't need to make me now, like, kind of... And it, it sometimes feels like it takes away from the culmination of the room. Mm. I wonder yeah. if maybe putting these choices a bit earlier helps. Like, you don't put the Ooh. choice... In the, like, if, a, if an escape room is a three-act play, which it isn't and never, ever is, but if an escape room is done in three acts, maybe you want the choice to be at the end of act two, never at the end of act three. You don't want it to be a final choice. You want it to be a choice that decides the final act. Now, how? what's a good way to incorporate that? Because the ease of putting it right at the end is that you can just play a quick recording oh, exactly. of it's whichever's right. But, that, but yeah, placing a choice earlier certainly feels like you've got to now change the entire room based on that choice. Yeah, I don't and know how you implement it. Look, and honestly, pragmatic concerns are probably why you would put it at the end, mm. right? You don't. These aren't ideal. These are pragmatic, right? But yeah, then the question is, okay, how, how do we feel about that compared to rooms where there is just no choices, just a straight up win at the end? Because I feel like I typically feel good about those. And instead of a choice, if mm. what I like is an action move moment at the end. I like to finish a room feeling like an action hero. Yes. We've done some rooms and we did one very recently as well where like has these amazing ending moments, like these big scenes that builds up to a big yeah. ending. That is far more enjoyable and memorable than a normal ending that we chose. Like having that kind of control, I, I don't think really feels good. Right. It doesn't feel better, but having a big moment happen. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. I have no problem with unlocking and I, running yeah. out of a door, but make me feel like a bit of it in Indiana Jones as I do. So yeah, crawling out of a thing. Or just, I love crawling. Right? And that's one of those things that I think is an interesting, not interesting. It's a difficult point for the industry. Sometimes when you talk about accessibility of escape rooms, Oh, yes. because you want escape rooms to be accessible. That's fair. But you also want them to involve stuff that you know, inherently isn't accessible. Like, like that feeling of like climb up this thing and then crawl through this small vent is so amazing. Mm. But then you're like, well, obviously this is inaccessible. Obviously I couldn't do this if I was a wheelchair. True. And finding that balance is, is, is tough. Absolutely. But I think that there are ways that you can make someone feel like an action hero without them having to swing across a rooftop. No, that's true. Uh, just give, give someone a fake gun or something, like, in that sort of way. Make him have to shoot a target. I find We've having to... shot a to, target before in a I, I, Yeah, I really enjoy that. I know not everyone does, but I find that quite fun. And I can understand people who wouldn't because they're like, this is a puzzle game. I don't want to then have to prove my physical dexterity. Yeah, for sure. And even that, give them a gun and ask them to shoot a thing. That's also can be like, again, when you talk about physical uh, Absolutely. Stuff, is also something that is uh Yeah. You'd have to make a to, long to list to of options and figure out all the problems with a lot of them. Hmm. But yeah, just something that can encapsulate that feeling, whether it be an actual physical thing or not. Like maybe if you want to simulate someone crawling through a vent... Maybe just make a regular-sized passage that looks and feels a lot like an event so they don't actually have to crawl. They can if they want. It doesn't have to feel tight like a vent, but just makes it feel like, yeah, this is what it'd be like. This is what the vent feeling is. Or even ones where, like, you can make exciting moments. And I'm not saying you should, like, because, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have these fun physical moments because, cause, yeah, like, as long as you have ways around it for people who can't do that, it's also good to, for people who can that you'd want to do that sort of stuff. It's yeah, it's, it's a, a really hard balance, and I'm glad I don't own a real room to have to deal with that. No, yeah, it's a very hard thing to deal with because you want to say things like theater experiences. There's no reason that they shouldn't be accessible for everyone. It's absurd when they're not. Mm. But then you have like theme parks, obviously inaccessible for a huge range of people, and maybe that's just sometimes an inherent part of the medium. And escape rooms are in a weird middle point of that. Yes, right. But yeah, it's it is. And I also wonder one of those things you can do to make like an action moment at the end uh, that is just as, as fun, even if you're not physically doing anything, moments where you're like pressing a button and getting some kind of feedback mm. of what just happened, like a video of 
Oh no, you did launch the nuke. Oh no. Oh, it's, imagine just something happening. like you are pushing a lever or pushing a button and you have to hold it and something is happening around you as you hold it. If you were to lift up, it would go away. Yeah, just you are that trying amount. to escalate. It feels, it feels fantastic. Mm. It, it's got so much uh, uh, depth and, and, and like involvement and atmosphere and, yeah, and so like, I, I'm doing this thing. Exactly. I think I like you feeling like you've got action autonomy rather than mm. choice autonomy uh, feels better for yeah, me. Yeah, like, going to do, but let's do it and something's yeah. going to happen. That's a cool moment. That's a good way to end it without then needing to worry about choice. I think and that's my preference for yeah, sure. I, I agree. What do you feel about escape rooms where they foist a bit more of a character on you? Like they give you a role or they give you belongings and things like that as you enter. Yeah, they're not so extent. don't care. I don't care you know what? It's not even that I dislike it or like it. I don't care. No. I've got as much character if I'm just, you're a spy compared to your agent Grimpity Grampus and you've been f- and, and here's your little suitcase and inside you'll find things about yourself that tell you no I don't care because mm. I, I never th- think that I'm that character it's never going to change how I approach puzzles what you've told me that I am yeah yeah usually. I'm not going to be like well as a spy I'm going to solve this puzzle by looking at this that and the other no I'm mm. just as over like me um I think adding trying to do you'd be better served putting that much detail and then going you have a friend on the outside and his name is Spy Grimbley Grampus. Mm. Done. Now I'm more invested. Yeah. You tell me that I'm Spy Grimbley Grampus? I don't I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm me. I'm not Spy Grimbley Grampus. But if you add a NPC character called Spy Grimbley Grampus, give me his brief. If you say, as long as there's another NPC at the same time. It's like, hey, all these all these um, objects that you got with you, they belong to someone else called this. Mm. I'm I'm more invested than if you tell me they belong to totally. me. Totally. 100%. Is that our escape room experience? Do you like black lights and locks? Is a Gen 1 room too boring for you now? Absolutely not. It is definitely hard sometimes to incorporate a blacklight for any reason. Yes. Even when you see cool incorporations of the blacklight, like we've seen one where like a lamp turns on and that's the, the UV light mm. and every, all the other lights go off. And we've seen kind Unless of like you that... are a blood spatter analysis it's in the never, detective room. It never makes any sense for it to exist. Like, like in a detective room, if there has been some blood lying around, you've got to find it or follow a trail of it or something like that. Fantastic. Oh, yes. I that's love a one, that. That's a one setting. But typically it's just, oh, torch now. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit confusing. And I'm very much suspension of disbelief. Why are there puzzles here? Because puzzles are awesome. Yeah. And because someone wanted to make life difficult for you. That is enough of a reason for me for puzzles mm. to be there. But again, the story should facilitate what sorts of puzzles are in there for the most part. Like a lock, I don't mind. How you have to get through that lock should be story-based. A black light doesn't often do it quite as much. Yeah. It's such a, such a, like a, yeah. I think it's just because nobody in real life has one, usually. I mean, now apparently rapid antigen tests come with a black light. Oh, fun. Uh, But uh, yeah, so maybe if I knew, if I were in someone's apartment and they wanted a black light puzzle to be there, if someone's apartment had a reason to have a black light in it, so I would go, oh, you know, everyone keeps a black light in their shoe cabinet. Yeah. Let's check the shoe cabinet. That would make sense, but nobody has a black light. Nobody uses a black light. No, so exactly. It doesn't... So it's hard to justify. Yeah, and, and it, it always, always feels silly. And, it just feels like this thing, this escape room person added. Yeah. And not with love, like the atmosphere, just because. Yep, that's fair. So I think that can be a big problem with that. And besides the practical problems, like where are you searching and stuff like that, story-wise, that should be very easy to control. People yes. don't, but it should be it should easy be to easy control. To be like, you know what you want the blacklight mm. for, as opposed to go over all the walls. And we've done rooms like that where it's just once you get the blacklight, you just go over every surface, and yeah. you just wait until it reveals a clue. And it's never it's never that enjoyable. No. Uh, what do you think about? I honestly, I like padlocks more than I like combination locks because I can't. I fumble with combination <laughs> locks. I can't work them. True. What's your opinion on? Search failing. <clears throat> Searching in escape rooms is a, is a classic topic. It, again, this should be story-ish uh, because things just being hidden around a room, so it's fine. Like, you're just trying to collect playing cards to make a certain message or puzzle pieces or whatever. That's, that's a warm-up puzzle. If that is the first thing that you see as you go into an escape room, I kind of don't mind that. It should end up being a little bit more of a puzzle once you've found the pieces. You should have to do something 
more puzzly with them. I recall one escape room we did where photographs were everywhere. And boy, did we have to use the hell out of those photographs later. So it wasn't just finding the photographs. That wasn't the puzzle. That was just like the warm up. When we went into the first room, the first thing I saw was a weird looking rectangle against the room, against the wall. So I looked at it. It was a photograph. And then we started seeing them everywhere. And so that was just the warm up. That was to get you in a searchy state of mind and a puzzly state of mind. I don't mind them that much like that. Now, when it comes to just random objects in random places, it can be a bit of a pain. Did you search all the pockets of that coat? Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy that. You're right. I, like, I think it's fine. If you are trying to search for someone's wallet, absolutely you should be checking the coat pockets. Mm. But well, see, this is the thing. I think things in general should... The, the two perfect extremes are... They are very clear and obvious and you've been brought from one and you think, what is that object? And then you use it for a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Or they are super hidden and something else says, he needs his wallet. Where would a wallet be? And you're like, oh, the <laughs> pants, check the pants. You know, but if it's just search through as many things you can find until you have enough clues to start puzzle Especially games, if it's, it's, not, it's not fun. Did you check the exact inside lining of this drawer? Yeah, yeah. when you open the drawer, did you reach all the you way to the back of the drawer? You should be able to see things. Yeah. Exactly. You should never... If you if you've opened the drawer that should that count. has something in it, you should always find whatever's in For it. For sure. Right? If you've over, if you've checked in the pocket, you should always find yeah. everything that's in the pocket. Sometimes search failures can be your own fault. Like if you know that you are searching for a wallet and you didn't check the pants pockets, that's on you, dude. Yeah. But yeah, you you've got to find this balance right. True. I'm done. I'm done talking about escape rooms. For today. I think we've covered it. So that's our escape room experience. That's the answer to the first question. Yeah, we've done enough to have some opinions. Not enough to say anything as a general rule or to actually know how to build an escape room or anything Here's like that. Here's my general rule. All escape rooms should have one box in the corner that is a red herring and the box has a jack in it and the jack in the box jumps out and he says, boo, 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 boo. not a real box, fools. I'm okay with, a, with one jump scare in a room. And that's it. I'm comfortable with that. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Next week, we're going to answer another question. And that question is, what is your tabletop role-playing experience? Mm, this one's going to be a weirdo. All right. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>